love. I got what you want. I know what you want. I got what you need. I know what you need. I got what you like. I know what you like. I got what you love. I am your plug. And we are back. That's right, back again. It's another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you. It's your main man for us in the building. And I got with me on this delightful evening my main man, Stir Fry Tide in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For Ross, how are we feeling? Man, we live in, brother. We live in. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a, such a momentous occasion. I mm. feel like almost every single day. It's a momentous occasion on the hoop plug. You know what I mean? So what better way to bring in the three year? That's right. Three. Like the mellow three to the head. Mm. Three year anniversary of the hoop plug podcast, man. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for us, man. Give it up for hoop plug. Yes, sir. Three years of greatness. Yes, sir. And uh, we were sharing some stories. So. Three years ago to this day, to this day, <laughs> me and Faraz <laughs> sat down to record. I think this was in Faraz's old space place somewhere. And is this Lawrence? It was in Lawrenceville. This was still in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. This was two spots ago. Matter of fact, three spots ago, if you want to include St. Croix, but two spots mm. ago in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, right at home next to Ryder. You know what I'm saying? And it was illustrious. We were just starting out. The mics had just come in fresh. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? My boy Ty made the treacherous journey from Somerville down to near Trenton, USA. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, that's where we sat down to record our first podcast. Now, some longtime listeners of the program might know or think they know this podcast, but you don't because that podcast never actually made it out. Okay? <laughs> we sat down. We talked for 45 minutes without hitting that red button. So that means nothing we said ever got recorded. <laughs> yeah, man. And I almost forgot the story, but that's really every single time before we record, we're like, make sure we hit that red button. You know what I'm saying? That's because we forgot to hit that red button that first time. You know what I'm saying? And we came with some conviction, bro. Like Ty mentioned, like 45 minutes out the gate, first episode. <laughs> Probably could have been the best episode in Who Plug history. Will anyone ever know? Nope. Sorry, guys. Nah. But look, man, there's there's so much to be proud of, not only if, for us right here, me and for us, but also for y'all. If y'all have been on this journey from with us from the beginning, shouts out to y'all. Shouts out to y'all. Big shouts out. Much love, you guys. You know what I'm saying? And those who haven't, y'all were playing yourselves. But the beauty of it is, there's a bright side to every downside is, right? Today, right now, in this very moment, you have the opportunity. There's a fork in the road. You have the opportunity to quit playing yourself, man. Make the right decision, man. Tune into the hoop plug. You know what I'm saying? So, man, without further ado, we're going to get into it, man. And, the, you know, the end of the three-year anniversary episode, what better way to start it off than with the GOAT himself, Michael Jordan. Ty, you want to kick this off for us, brother? Absolutely. So, we got some good, fun, lighthearted news to kick off the podcast with the only known unused ticket from the GOAT, Michael Jordan's NBA debut, just sold for a record price. That's right. 
Back in 1984, the GOAT played his first NBA game, and this guy named Cole had a ticket but did not attend. <laughs> that ticket stayed stashed away in his garage until Sunday, where he sold it for Faraz. Guess how much? Well, I know how much, so I don't oh, think you it's know? fair guess. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just let him know then. 468,000 mm. big ones. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Bands. This dude got paid to not go to an MJ game, bro. <laughs> you know? Facts, man. That is a lot of money. We're talking about half a million dollars, big ones. And that almost broke broke the record. Only second to Jackie Robinson, uh, a Jackie Robinson game. I'm not sure if it was his rookie game or his first game. But still, that is a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me, Cole kind of got a little money hungry. You know what I mean? I don't mean to wish bad on nobody. You know what I'm saying? But you guys all watch The Last Dance. Michael Jordan's eyes are yellow as hell. That's a clear sign of kidney failure, all right? If he had waited 10, 15 ah. years, he would at least got a million on that joint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think Cole rushed a little bit. You know uh. what I mean? But if you ask me... If you ask me, I still think the real tragedy remains <laughs> that Cole, he had the choice to attend Michael Jordan's rookie game and didn't go. Mm. Man, Lord knows what he did that night, man. It better have been worth it. You know, we're going to go ahead and clip that right now. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, we got sorry. I would never wish that on the on the goat, especially, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just. I'm just talking from a strictly business standpoint here. You know what I'm saying? When you're dealing with business, you got to put emotions aside. <laughs> hey, that's, that's all know? facts. We got to keep it with the bulls, man. We're going to stay on Frost's bulls with that said. Just a little check-in, okay? Because we got to talk about the forgotten about two seed in the Eastern Conference, right? We, we know DeMar balling, having the best season of his career, undoubted in terms of impact and stats. But I really want to see how these guys fare in the playoffs. Most difficult remaining schedule. For us, that get the palm sweaty for you or not? I don't know if you, you can see my camera. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool and calm as ever, man. You know what I'm saying? We've got no worries. When you got 30, 30 point DeRozan on the floor, paired with Zach Levine, mixing some Vooch? Mm. Come on, man. I ain't worried, man. I ain't worried. Kyrie's only playing half the games. That's our only real competition. Giannis is washed up. I ain't worried about that. Come on, he's man. Up. Hmm. Nah, well, he's not washed What if up, I you know told you obviously not. your team, the Chicago Bulls, have really struggled against the top six teams in the East? How about two and eight hmm? against the top teams in the East? How, how do you feel about that one? I just hope that there was, or excuse me, I wish there was a way <clears throat> I could bring the standings up into the corner of the screen right now. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. It's 82 games, baby. We only got to worry about them in the playoffs. We could go 1-8 and eight or 1-9. and nine. We could go 0-10. and 10. Shoot. As long as playoff time comes, we're top four seed. We got home court advantage. We're going to smack anybody in a seven-game series. Okay. I don't think the Nets will be healthy. You know what I'm saying? The Bucks, the Bucks. Actually, I'm getting a little carried away here. The Bucks can be scary, but I'm really this James Harden, Joel Embiid combination, bro. And that's why I was hesitant earlier on in the season or even as recent as like the last couple episodes saying who I think could be that top seed or win a championship in the league. Even my friends were asking me outside of the podcast. You know what I mean? 
because I needed to see this duo in action. Because yeah. when, if you understand, if you're a true fan of the NBA, that's one of my my famous quotes. You know what I'm saying? If you're a true <laughs> fan of the NBA, you'll understand. When you have two colossal powers like a James Harden and a Joel Embiid. Like something's got to give. You feel what I'm trying to say? So that's why I had to see him in action. And so far, so good. Not disappointing. Joel Embiid is motivated. James Harden is motivated. He's literally needed a center like Joel Embiid or even a little worse his whole career. Because if you think about it, Clint Capella was a star with James Harden in Houston. You know what I mean? That's so, facts. Yeah. But with that being said, let's get back to Chicago. I ain't about to give the Sixers my Chicago's airtime. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm, in all honesty, really, like I said, excited to see them. I think Lonzo's going to be an X Factor. Can't wait for him to get back on the court. Caruso's still been on the shelf. Patrick Williams is in the cut. I think once y'all are back at full strength, because that's your defense, right? Those are your defenders. For sure, we're talking about Caruso and uh, Ball as the best perimeter defenders. Patrick Williams gives you a look that Vucevic just simply doesn't on defense and the yeah. inside. So when they get back, you're going to need them for playoffs. Deal with Joel yeah. Embiid. Deal with Kevin Durant. Y'all are going to need them. No, I'm, I'm with you. And that's the thing, right? The two guys that you mentioned, uh, minus Patrick Williams, those guys were top three in steals in the entire NBA before their injuries, right? So you mentioned those are our best perimeter defenders. Alex Caruso is that guy off the bench for us. Our whole squad has been out of whack due to COVID regulations. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, I, I'm willing to bet. And again, I don't know the exact teams and the exact dates of the games that those were played against those top seeds but i'm willing to bet that a lot of those games we weren't at full strength you know what i'm saying so i'll say this right we're where we are for a reason i don't think it's due to luck i think it's due to zach levine who has been this consistent player who has even brought us to the point like that De demar DeRozan's play um it's really just been the team all together regardless i i like where we stand and i think you know all we could do now is let the games play out and see how they go yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. It's definitely going to be fun to watch. All right, next up, we got to talk about some new look NBA duos that have impressed early. Okay, we're going to start it in Brooklyn. Kyrie and Seth. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I'll tell you what. This is a hard one for me to get behind, but it's undeniable for the fact that Kyrie can only play half the games. It's just like unfair to... To everybody, the fans, the team, the players, you know what I'm saying? That's honestly the reason why James Harden left. If Kevin Durant didn't get injured, maybe, maybe not. But I think the reason James Harden left, besides the fact that he wasn't the number one option, was all the... They couldn't even have a full squad. It was, all, it was never about basketball when the three of them were there together. However, I will say this, though. Kyrie showed us why he earns the big bucks. You know what I'm saying? He shows us constantly whenever he does get out on the floor. He has a crazy performance like he did. And you mentioned it. Seth Curry, wherever he's gone, man, he's been able to make a big impact. You know, the game that his brother was able to change, they grew up playing in the same backyard together. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. So he'll be able to find his spot in there. And I really like this. I've, one thing I forgot about these two is that they actually played together at Duke. They were on the same mm -hmm. team at the same time playing for Coach K. But... You got to think about it. This backcourt immediately, instantly, one of the best shooting backcourts in the league. Kyrie, prior three-point shooting contest, and Seth is a Curry. Don't got to say much else there. <laughs> I just can't wait till KD gets back in the mix. And then you got all three of those snipers on the, on the perimeter, and Ben Simmons driving to the basket. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? 
Seriously. And they got Adam Silver calling in favors, looking like the vaccine mandate's about to get lifted in the city. So it could be a full-time Kyrie we're seeing, just in time for the playoffs, just in time to get right in the swing of things. They all coming back. If they can all stay healthy, they're going to give you bulls a run for money. I could tell you that right now. I, I'm I'm with you 100% if that team can get healthy and that team can get it together. Now, I think James Harden leaving and Ben Simmons coming to the Brooklyn Nets was the best thing that could have happened. And honestly, Seth Curry might have been the best thing the Nets got out of that trade. We haven't seen Ben Simmons play yet. And honestly, what I anticipate is Ben Simmons is going to have a bigger impact on the defensive end, just like he did with the Sixers. And the reason why the Nets couldn't be successful before is you have James Harden, who is a hybrid player of Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Then you have Kyrie and KD, who are all ball-heavy players. KD could play off the ball, catch and shoot, get it in his spots, whatever like that. He's much more of an efficient player than the other two. But you're not about to tell James Harden to sit back and average 10 and 8. <laughs> you know what I mean? While you're not bringing the ball up the floor. When was the last time we saw a step back? You know what I mean? Not to say that that's what it's about. But that's how you know James Harden is playing basketball, his playing best free. basketball. Yeah, yeah, you're you know? right. And uh, yeah. just to wrap it up on Seth and Kyrie as a backcourt, Kyrie, obviously, he's been Kyrie. And Seth averaging 19 points per game since he landed in Brooklyn on 47% from three. That'll play. <laughs> yeah. All right. For us, you're already talking about him. Let's talk about him some more, okay? Because the next duo that's been <laughs> impressing early is James and Joel. They got to they gotta have a nickname on the way. There's something, maybe the bearded process. I don't know. I got to work on it, but. Harbead. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that deserves a pause, but. <laughs> <laughs> but man, this is looking seamless, right? That pick and roll is making defenses sweat already. And it will for a long time, as long as they are together and healthy. Defenders, they can't really play in between on that because Joe requires so much attention rolling to the basket and hard rate hardened mid-range floater game. If he's not going to just push it into the like that little push shot he's so good at he's gonna sweep through and get yeah. fouled i mean they're probably gonna shoot 100 free throws a game like uh this is crazy no these are guys that every year year in and year out between james harden and joel Embiid lead the league in free throw attempts right so these sixer games are gonna be long not only due <laughs> to the slow pace the sixers want to play due to joel Embiid, but the amount of free throws that these guys are gonna be taking you know and you mentioned it. This could be, honestly, one of the deadliest uh, pick and rolls we've seen since the Shaq and Kobe days. You know what I mean? I think James Harden, obviously Kobe is Kobe, but he can kind of compare. Shaq is, you know, he's an outlier, you know, at that size, whatever. But nonetheless, I think, again, those guys can compare to that. And they're going to be dominant, man. And if you ask me, the reason why the duo has worked for so long, because with three stars, that's just too much, you know? And I just want y'all to remember what Faraz gave that comp first, okay? The Kobe and Shaq comp. So if these Sixers win a title, you're going to hear that everywhere. And you're going to be like, damn, I think I've heard that before. Right here, okay? Right here. Right here on the plug. Right here on the plug, baby. You know another, what I'm saying? So another thing that's going to be interesting come playoff time is, again, that pick and roll. Because now they don't have to do it. They're going to load up the side, right? It's going to be hard for them to get it. just an easy look rolling to the rim in playoff time. But... Come the last four minutes of a quarter, come the last four minutes of a game, they're going to get that switch, right? Like, Joel and James, that's an easy mismatch. This dude, this <laughs> For is both be, of them. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be You hard pick your poison exactly. at that point. 
Yeah, Ty, I think you mentioned, you made a beautiful point, man. I, I didn't even think about that in, in, in that regard, bro, because it's James Harden could cross you up from damn near half court and, and drill a three, you know, or dish it out to Joel Embiid and bully whoever their one guard is. So yeah. it's going to be scary. And they have enough shooters and perimeter defense, you know what I'm saying, to, to accompany that squad where, you know, th this is going to be a scary team, you know? <laughs> Facts. All right. Now, there have been a pair of young, upcoming stars that just so happened to score 46 points career highs over this last weekend. All right, so we got to start close to home with one R.J. Barrett. For Ross, what did you think of the eruption, the 46-point career high by one R.J. Barrett? First, I got to say, Salute young brother. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And the second thing I gotta say is it's about damn time. You know what I mean? RJ, we've been expecting this from you, brother. It's been a minute. You know what I'm saying? You've been in the league. You know what I'm saying? You more than got your feet wet. Damn near a vet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? I hope that I'm proud of him. I'm proud of the player that he can be, bro. He can really take the next step and be that star player for the fran for the franchise that we were expecting him to be. We can't forget in high school, number one guy, college, it was between him and Zion. You know what I mean? It, it really was. So I think RJ right now, this is the kind of confidence boost that he needs where he can see, okay, I can not only perform in this league, but I can be a star and I can be an all-star in this league. So if he keeps up performances like that, I think he's well on his way to being the player that we all want him to be. And you led that off by saying it's about time, right? If he's been in the league, this is third year. Yeah. He's still only 21 years old, though. He came in very young, and it, it's just like, I don't know. It, it just feels like he's 25. <laughs> True. But True. you can't help but be impressed by what he's done since January. He started out hot for the first three games, cooled off significantly. You could even say it was a slump. But since January, he's really been playing well, going downhill, staying aggressive all game. And it's been impressive, man. You just start to wonder how, how good can this get from RJ. To be honest, though, I'm, I'm still not sure what the ceiling is for him. Yes, this was nice, but his game still lacks offensive creativity that you see from other top talents. It also lacks the playmaking that comes with being a good team's number one option. So I, I just wonder, like, there's no, like, I guess you could compare it to a Jimmy Butler where he can get 25 a night in, like, a grinded out way because that's what it looks like most. But his game, even though the potential and the numbers are there sometimes, doesn't really resemble, by the eye test, an elite a star. level a star. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm just saying a 46-point performance. You know what I mean? If he can keep up even some, again, like you mentioned, right, he, he builds off this. And if he averages 25 points per game, if you ask me, right, Monte Ellis was the last person, I believe, who did it, averaged like 22, 23 points per game, wasn't an all-star, right? Mm. He passed the all-star test. When you're putting up that many points per game, man, I feel like eventually you're going to get through. It might not be a year one, but at the same time, I'm with you because there's times out there where he doesn't look confident. There's times where he looks out there where he looks confused. He doesn't have a move that he can go to every single time. You know what I mean? So um, I'm, I'm with you in that regard. I just think that, you know, we have slow developers sometimes, you know, especially given RJ was at his height at 
15, right? Number one all the <laughs> way throughout until 19, right? Gets into the league. Reality check, right? So I think, you know, he's he's well on his way to doing that. And again, if he could if he could keep putting up 40 points, you know what I'm saying? Shoot. <laughs> and I'm there with you. Like, I'm not down on RJ. I kind of just say that to tamper my Knicks fans' expectations, right? <laughs> I don't know how high, yeah. you know, we can get a little gung-ho on players in our own. I don't see him as a number one option, at least right now. I'm not saying he can't become one, but that's how I I'm see it. I'm with you, though. Um, yeah. A good sign, though, is how other people around the league are talking about him, right? After the game, the 46-point effort... We had Jimmy Butler come out and praise him saying, and I quote, I don't think anybody is surprised or should be surprised. He's going to definitely be playing in this league for a long time, and he's going to be the face of the New York Knicks. So when you hear people say stuff like that, you were mentioning this guy was a stud at 15. LeBron told a story. He, he had a good game against LeBron. LeBron, after the game, is talking about praising him and how good he is and talking about linking up with him back when he was a senior or junior in high school. He was hanging in Toronto for one of the summers and he, someone called Rich Paul and was like, hey, there's this kid. He's supposed to be next from out of Toronto. He wants us to come work out. Worked out with Bron. They kept an eye on him since. Went to his game. I don't know if he was there to see Zion or see RJ, but either way, he was there. He was at Duke. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when you hear people have good things to say about him, the NBA's best players, it's only a good sign. I'm with you, and a good sign for your New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> Next up. Okay, I'm running out of things to say about this guy, but he also had 46 over the weekend, Ja Morant. I don't know what to say about him, man. He's a stud. Okay, I'll help you out there. He's a killer. He's a stud. <laughs> he's he's an elite playmaker. He's an elite scorer, one of the most athletic players in the NBA. My boy Ja Morant is on an absolute tear. He took a dismal Memphis Grizzly franchise, absolutely washed up franchise with a bunch of former known, formerly known to us as bums, right? He's transformed them to be one of the top seeds in the NBA. And and again, if we give the credit to anyone but Zion, or excuse me, any, you see, usually when you talk about Ja, you always talk about Zion, right? <laughs> but no, if you give the credit to anybody but Ja Morant, man, you haven't been watching him play. The way that the Grizzlies have been like lit behind his performance and his passion and the way that he plays. He's dunking on everybody. He's going out. He's guarding your best player, scoring and try to dunk on your best player in the opposing team's gym against LeBron types. Like he has no fear. He doesn't back down. He doesn't back down. And he has this entire Memphis town fired up, bro. Jaw is the truth. And I think we've said it here before. Greatest Grizzly of all time. John Morant is the greatest Memphis Grizzly of all time. There are probably only two other players in the NBA currently that you could say that about. Steph with Warriors, and this yeah. one pains me to say, but probably Jokic with the Nuggets. I mean, Melo, I love you, but you came to the Knicks early, okay? So when you're... What do you think? I'm going to let you get on okay. that. I'm going to let you get on that. I, no, no, I no. The say thing it. is, like, I just want to say that you're wrong, but I almost can't disagree with you. Melo took them to the Western Conference Finals once. Jokic has taken them there, what, once or twice? Yeah, Takes and he's got the, in the playoffs. He's got multiple MVP. Just the one. He's got the MVP. Yeah. And the teams always have a better record. And, man, yeah. I don't know, but that's Melo, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it does hurt, suck. It hurt my heart. But, look. <laughs> If you're in that conversation, right, that's two other players in the league currently that you could say that about. Ja is crazy. That's it. That's, that's all I got. Yeah. 
This man looks like a veteran. He's in his third year. This man looks like he's eighth year in the middle of his prime. And the great thing for us as fans is, man, he's only going to get better. So y'all buckle up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Buckle up and tune in for the show, you know? And this one, this is going to really pain me to bring up. But uh, actually, matter of fact, Ty, you want to intro this part of the jaw segment? Yeah. So, you know, I'm just chilling, laying back on my Sunday and uh, looking at Twitter. And I see Derek Rose is trending. I'm like, Derek Rose hasn't played a game in months. Why would he be trending? Little to my knowledge, I find out that NBC Sports aired a graphic comparing year three Derek Rose to year three John Morant. And it sparked a debate, because why would it not, right? Let me read the stats for you if you haven't seen it already. So this is the 2010-2011 MVP Derek Rose year. 25 points per game, 44% shooting, 7.7 assists, and 4 rebounds. This season, Ja's doing 27 points per game on 49% shooting, 7 assists, and 6 rebounds. So, for us, I want you to weigh in on this. Two dynamic point guards, who takes the cake? So, this is what I'm going to tell you. You just look at the numbers, right? Besides the slight edge... On assists, Jaws better in every aspect. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, although it pains me to say this, he's also passed the eye test. So if we're not being biased here, he's having a better season so far. So mm. I, I'm, but wow. You know what I'm saying? But we at the same time. We cannot in the same podcast disrespect Mellow and then in the next segment take D Rose out like this. <laughs> We can't, but what can we do, though? Like, you, you just look at the numbers, and it's like, damn. The crazy thing is this third year would end up being Derrick Rose's last healthy one, right? After year year four is the ACL, and then the another ACL. Yeah, but look. It just goes down to hell. Yeah. yeah. We never got to see Derrick Rose really hit the potential. If Ja can improve on this year. I don't think there's much of a case for us for us. I think we're going to have to give it up to Ja. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the thing, especially if he wins the MVP. Because this is the thing. If you compare that Bulls team to this Grizzlies team, there's a lot of similar facets. You have a decent center on both squads. Yeah. The rest of the guy, the rest of the team is filled up with guys who otherwise w- would have been out the league and the guys that you had were good are usually on the back end of their career. Like, think about that Bulls team. That's me being honest, you know? You're right. That's funny. I'd never thought about that. And it's it's not just this year, because I went back and looked at their basketball reference. Their first and their second year stats are, like, the same, too, even down to the field goal percentage. It It is yeah. crazy. I mean, people thought about the play styles being similar, but no one really thought about the game, like, their numbers and their efficiency. <laughs> And the it's actually mind-blowing now that you think about it. The game style is almost exactly the same. Yeah. Relentless attacking the rim. <laughs> it's Guys, crazy. here at the hoop plug, you always hear things first, right? <laughs> and this is the first place you're going to hear it, right? We are watching the second coming of Derrick Rose through John Morant. I think we're finally, especially Bulls fans, but NBA fans, fans of the sport, we're going to finally get to see what Derrick Rose would have really looked like, man. And John Morant, man, who, who better else? 
John Morant is a dog. John Morant is a killer. John Morant is that guy. Not only is the, he the most athletic, he also has such high basketball IQ. That's something that we can't forget about. And he plays at go, on go mm. 100% all the time, man. So, shouts out, John, man. You know? Facts. And I got to ask you for us, what regime got you into the Bulls? Was it the Derrick Rose Bulls or the Michael Jordan Bulls? Nah, man. To be quite frank with you, bro, you, to be the best, you got to fuck with the best. You know what I'm saying? And so, it was Jordan as the GOAT. I was like, I'm going to be a Bulls fan. And, when I, and I actually liked the Bulls from... 2003, 2004, the Kirk Heinrich days, Ben Gordon, Well, Dang was on the squad, but he was yeah. a little puppy. You know what I'm saying? Ty, not Tyson. Tyson Chandler was on the squad. Yes, he was. You know what I'm saying? Kyle he had a whole Corver, heap of cats. Ty, 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 uh, I'm talking even before, before these that, guys. Yeah, I'm talking okay. like young 0, Taj 0, Gibson. 0, 3, 0, 4. Young Taj Gibson, Tyrus Thomas. Throwback yeah. guys. You know what I'm saying? Throwback cats. I've been on, like, you know what I'm saying? I've been a Bulls fan for a minute. And then when Derrick Rose came through the scene, man just took off i'm like man i was in i was in middle school going into high school it was like what better time for your team to become good you know what i'm saying <laughs> i was watching basketball every single night i was at the local park trying to be a pro <laughs> that's fact. you know what i'm saying training i remember these derrick rose games that's felt that's when it felt like espn stepped up their marketing right because it was like that was when i remember the first time being like oh derrick rose is playing lebron tonight I gotta watch. I gotta in. like, yeah. I gotta watch this game. So yep. I'm gonna go go home after school, go to the park, play basketball myself, <laughs> and then come back, <laughs> shower, and watch this game. Yeah, those were those were some good. Then times. text your friends and be like, "Oh, you see what LeBron did? I was doing that to you earlier." Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you guys for supporting us. Thank you guys for listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Check out the hoop plug if they haven't already. Ross, you let them know where to put the flavor. Put some flavor in the air. Peace. Peace.